Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. Hey, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti. Got a good friend, uh, young guy, Grayson Frank, in the house with me. Grayson, welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, and we're going to talk about um, marriage, um, a a proper perspective of marriage. Uh, and the reason that I, I want to talk about this um, is because I think um, I, I've been married 28 years, and you've been married how long? Uh, about seven months. Seven months. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing is, right, I think if you have a proper perspective of marriage, before getting married and at the at the earliest stages it helps you have a good marriage mm. right and keeps you in that marriage so that at you know 28 years 38 years 48 years right the marriage is still doing what you signed up for it to do okay and and, and we're going to we're going to talk about this concept um um I spend a lot of time talking to guys um, about marriage, and they have a they have a different perspective and a different definition, and a lot of it is because they listen to what the world says about marriage. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and I think um, for, I, I guess for for me it's like this: um, I'm a brisket guy. Okay, mm. I like making brisket, but here's the deal: I learned how to make brisket from my father in law. Okay, uh, and Bud cooked brisket in an oven. Okay. okay. Stick it in the oven, right? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. 11 and a half hours at 225, right? You pull it out. It's really good. There are people out there that are smokers, right? They, they smoke their brisket. A lot of different smokers. But, out there. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, you, there, there's the Traeger, mm-hmm. okay? Which, um, you know, you get those old time guys who did the smoking and, you know, they had to, they had to keep the smoker at a certain temperature. And the only way to do it was to get up every couple hours, check the temperature, put, you know, some more whatever, you know, in there in the fire and mm-hmm. stoke it and get it. All right. Now you've got a Traeger that you can use your phone. Okay. And oh. you can, yeah, I don't, yeah. What? And and you can just tell it, Hey, drop some more pellets in there and keep it at this, you know, perfect temperature. Like you never have to go check it. And so I'm like, man, that's the way to do it. Right. That's, that's how <laughs> I'd you be should. a Traeger guy yes. too. Uh, yeah. $800 later. Right. That's, that's <laughs> well, why I'm not, I'm not a Traeger guy. I'm a Traeger fan from the side <laughs> over here. Um, but, but it's interesting because when you hear people talking about, you know, smoking brisket and all the different things like that, um, we went down to Cadillac barbecue a couple, mm. couple months ago. Right. And Cadillac barbecue is open like a couple days a week because they're spending all of their time, right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, you know, they're spending all time getting all the meat ready, smoking all the meat so they can be open for a couple hours on like Thursday and Friday and every once a month on Saturday. Wow. Right. So, <laughs> right. So, so I'm, we're down there and we're eating their brisket. And so here's the, my brisket, not bad. Okay. Guys who are out there smoking brisket, you're right, doing that like that. Right. And then Cadillac barbecue. Right, so just they're, they're, top right. tier, yeah, exactly. So they're not even the same. Right, when we say the word brisket, we're not talking about the same thing, right? And so that's where I want it's it's the same it's the same piece of meat. There's just so much more effort, time, and energy that barbecue places are putting in. Which, by the way, mm. it's at twenty six bucks a pound, <laughs> right? It, it better it better be good. <laughs> Absolutely, it better be good. And and it, and it was it was it was like that was so good. Um, but when when the world talks about marriage. Right. It's it's like it's like me talking about brisket. Mm. Right. It's just 
the world's looking at this thing in marriage and they're like, yeah, yeah, I get marriage, right? Uh, marriage is like two people to get together who love each other and it, mm-hmm. it's supposed to make you happy. Um, and when it doesn't make you happy, then you walk away from it. And I'm yeah. like, no, 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 that's not what marriage is. That's, that's, you know, you're, you're, you're the oven brisket guy. <laughs> you have no idea what kind of work and, and, um, effort needs to go into the preparation for this so that when you sit down and you eat the brisket, mm. you go, Oh yeah, that's good brisket. That's, that's worth $26 that's a worth pound 26 for. <laughs> a pound, right? And so, um, just, you know, just in, in, in putting that together, right. I want to, I want to ask you as a young man, and, and, you know, have this conversation. I think this is, this, here's the thing. This is a great conversation for guys who aren't married, making sure you're on the right page before you get married, um, who are married and you want to make sure you're going in the right direction. And I think it's a great conversation. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about younger guys. This is a great conversation for old guys mm. to say, Hey, what does my marriage look like? And what am I investing in this? What am I, what, what's the work that I'm putting in this? Right. Um, you know, when, um, you know, when we had Josh Smith on here um, mm-hmm. several episodes ago, right? Josh Smith's line was, uh, go to work, work hard, go home, work hard, go to bed tired, right? But the go home, work hard part was so important as a reminder that the work that I'm doing at home, my marriage and raising my kids is, I'll say this, is just as important, actually mm. probably more important than the work that I'm doing out in the world. That's good. Right? So um, in that regard, right, when we talk about just this idea, when I say marriage, Grayson, mm-hmm. right, what was your mindset going into marriage? What, were you thinking marriage is about making me happy? In a lot of respect, absolutely. Yeah. I think I thought making me happy, I thought, oh, sealing the deal. That's like, it's almost like checking something off the box. Yeah. New stage of life, yep. getting to start a family. Which in every kind of idea that I had was like this Instagram picture of, oh, this is what it's supposed to be. Exactly. And it's happy and it's celebrated and it's kind of all sunshine and rainbows. Yep. Yep. And within seven months? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bailey's it's listening. Ter- no, yeah, I was Bailey's kidding. listening going, you better it's, say it's awesome. Exactly. No, uh, my wife is the most godly woman I know. And truthfully, marriage in general, it really... It exposes selfishness in the deepest, darkest it parts does. of your heart. It does. In ways that I, I would have never been able to uncover on my own yep. or before being married. Yep. And so completely has flipped it on its head. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it's also one of the most fulfilling and purposeful things I've ever gotten to do. And so my my mindset and perspective has been completely shifted onto its head um, just because of the reality of marriage. I love it. I love it. And that's, that, that's one of the great things about marriage. Um, I can't remember who wrote this. They said, um, marriage is the anvil upon which God beats you into the shape of his son. Oh, wow. Right? And you're like, oh, wow. that doesn't sound really good. But <laughs> it, it's, it's true, right? Because you get to see um, a lot of that selfishness exposed that mm. God is trying to burn off of your life. Um, and um, I, th- I think the reality is, right, you can be single in a relationship with the Lord, and God can use lots of different things to bring that stuff to mind. Absolutely. Marriage is one of those tools that if you're saying, hey, listen, if you're going to get married, okay, by definition, putting your life together with somebody else um, is going to expose a lot of those flaws, a lot of those areas that need to be worked on. Mm -hmm. The great thing is, is if you get a spouse that's concerned about working on their stuff, 
as much as you're concerned about working on your stuff, mm. as opposed to having a spouse that's only concerned about working on your stuff, right? So if you got a spouse coming in saying, you know, hey, Grayson, here's <laughs> some stuff you need to work on. And your job is like, well, hey, Bailey, here's some stuff you need to work on, right? <laughs> like, right? But you don't, you don't own your own stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Then marriage becomes a, you're, you're constantly looking for ways to refine the other person, mm-hmm. which becomes really frustrating, right? Because yeah. the other person doesn't refine as quickly, doesn't change as quickly as you want, doesn't mature as quickly as you want. And mm-hmm. my thing is always, you know, be hard on yourself, be easy on other people, mm-hmm. right? So when That's you good. see things in other people that need to be refined, I think it's okay to give constructive criticism. I think it's okay in a, in a marriage relationship where you love the other person to say things. But, right, my primary job is to say, what is it that Dan needs to work on? Yeah, mm. not not what is it that Trisha needs to work on? What is it that Dan needs to work on? And there's plenty of that stuff. Um, and there's plenty of things that, that bubble up to the top, right, that you say, hey, that's something, right, that I can work on. Um, and so I think, you know, to me, the, the idea of um, expectations versus reality mm. is, a, is a super important thing um, to kind of, you know, take into consideration um, that you need to make sure that your expectations, as you said, right, when you walk into marriage, your expectations are you know, rainbows and, you know, every day is going to be wonderful and Mm -hmm. the intimacy is going to be, you know, simple and easy, right? Um, Sex life is going to be great. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know. We're going to go on trips every weekend. We're going to go on trips every weekend. We're going to have so much money because now we have two incomes and one bank account. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, two guys in the, you know, ministry married and tons of money rolling in, right? So much money, yeah. Expectations, right? (laughs) But if you manage the expectations and you say, listen, here's the thought, Um, you know, from, from what scripture tells me is, um, you know, the wages of sin is death. And so, mm. you know, I've sinned, I deserve nothing. Anything above that is actually just gravy, right? It's just mm. God's grace and goodness in my life. And if I go into the marriage relationship, like expecting, this may sound weird, but expecting nothing, yeah. then anything that I get on top of that is like just awesome. But if I, if I go into a marriage relationship expecting that this person's going to make me happy, this person's going to meet my needs, this person's going to fulfill me, this person, you know, to quote a movie, right, this person's going to complete me, right? You complete me, right? <laughs> when they don't do that, it's super frustrating, mm-hmm. right? Where that's only something, right, as an eternal being, right? Grayson, you're an eternal being, and the the void that you have in your life and in your heart is a, you know, right. The, you know, the Pascalian God shaped vacuum and only Mm -hmm. God can fill it. Right. Bailey can't fill it. And so she's always going to be less than sufficient to fill the void that you need, but God's always going to be sufficient. So if you don't expect Bailey to fill that void, you expect God to, then that lets Bailey just be, right? Like, hey, when she brings something to me that's awesome and wonderful, great. Mm. When she's not all that I expected, that's okay because God's sufficient for me. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think you think when you go into the mindset of a of marriage relationship like that or any relationship like that, having kids, right? Same thing. Yeah. A lot of people have kids and they think, right, my kids are going to finally validate me as a person. Um, they're going to demonstrate to the world how great I am as a parent, right? <laughs> and then you have kids and they run around and you're like, what? who are these people? Right? <laughs> like, I would be a significantly better parent if I had better kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So, so again, it's that mindset of, um, you know, if you go into the mindset, if you go into the, you know, the idea that, that the expe- expectation is, right, that my kids are not completing me, my kids are not, you know, my, t- my, my calling card to the world, Right. But my kids are opportunities to train. So when they fail Mm. and when they don't measure up, 
it's an opportunity for me to train them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That does make sense. So um, in saying that, right, I think uh, the call out for guys is this, uh, is this idea of, the, uh, of what I call um, the four A's of divorce, right? So if mm. you're getting into marriage and you're going to have problems, there's probably going to be four, four areas, right, they're going to be issues for you, right? One is abuse. Uh, which is a, uh, obviously, you know, and, and we could spend, you know, episodes and episodes talking about um, abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, right? Um, that is not something that we want to have in a marriage. Um, adultery, right? So this is going outside your marriage, looking for intimacy, looking for sex, right? Mm-hmm. Don't want that. Abandonment, right? This is just literally leaving, right? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, being done with moving on, right? Uh, which doesn't happen too often, but you see it every once in a while. But I think the fourth one is, is, is the big one that I want to talk about, and that's apathy, Mm. Um, just the idea that, um, I spend more time focusing on work and developing my career than I do on my marriage and developing that relationship. Mm. So, uh, as a young guy, right, seven months into marriage, how have you looked to, um, fight against apathy in your marriage? Yeah, I think one of the biggest traps that I fell into and I think it's easy to fall into as a single guy you can have all the time in the world to invest in your career or into your work even if it's ministry and it feels like it's out of a secular environment uh, and you can put your all into this job and then kind of go on a date maybe once twice three times a week with whoever you're dating and it'd be fine Mm. and your work life doesn't really interrupt your dating life Um, but (laughs) whenever you get married obviously that that flip switches uh, to where whatever you have left over after your work day, that's what she's getting. There's kind of nothing else that you can pull from uh, unless you intentionally go into the night knowing I need to bring myself home. I can't just bring a shell of myself home because my wife is my first priority now, not just work. Well, I, I love the way you said it. Whatever I have left at the end of the day, I take home. And here's the deal. The world will tell you if you have anything left at the end of the day, you're not doing your work well, mm. right? I mean, it's the same thing, right? You and I play sports, right? The whole idea when you go out in the field, you leave it all on the field, right? Yes. So, so when, I, when I step across that line and I, I'm playing the game, I want to leave everything on the court. Mm-hmm. I want to leave everything on the field. And if you don't, that's negative. Exactly, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and it is, right? I don't, I don't want to go out and play a game and say, well, you know, I, I went out there kind of half-hearted. Right. I, I gave, I gave a good effort. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You, you don't want to do that. You're not going to succeed in that. So mm-hmm. we've bought into the idea that that's the same mentality for work. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I get up in the morning. Right. I go to work and I give it my all, mm-hmm. which means that when I come home, if I've given work my all, what do I have left over? Nothing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so what, what is, what does that look like? How do you, how do you, in a sense, balance that where you give work what it deserves, but you also give your wife what she deserves. Yeah, I think it's a hard balance. And Bailey and I really have had to have a lot of hard conversations earlier on the first month or so Mm -hmm. of after being married, me still being really involved with work even after I leave the office. And so we've kind of tried to put up barriers so that once I leave the office, I'm full on, I'm home completely present with Bailey. Uh, now, that can't always happen every right. single day, but right. that can be a majority of the time. And so we've tried to put barriers in place of me not getting my computer out, me not being on my phone, us just spending time together, and even sometimes us like scheduling a walk at night yeah. 
to where obviously we can't be so on a computer. Good. That's right. We have to walk together. We're naturally going to talk about our days, and it kind of builds this relationship and kind of puts a cap on the work day and kind of opens the door to the rest of the night yeah. to where you can just relationally invest. Yeah, I like it. Um, Jim Elliott um, has, a, has a line that says, wherever you are, be all there. And so in, in a sense, like, let, let's say, you know, you're, you're home together and work does come up, right? Like I've got to do something for work that the concept is, is okay, do it, knock it out and then put it away. You know, mm. don't, don't let it linger the whole evening, right? Where you're kind of like, you know, just kind of like, I want to, I want to spend a little bit of time with my wife, a little bit of, you know, Oh, I got, I got a little bit of work to do. Right. It's just like, here's the deal. All right. Um, make the investment that where, wherever you are, be all there. Mm. Right. So if you're going to go home and you're going to be with your wife, right. Be there. Right. If you have a work issue that pops up and you say, Hey, listen, I, I got to take 30 minutes and I got to address this. Right. Then go do that. Yeah. Right. Address it, get it done, put it aside. Don't let it linger on and don't be that person who just constantly lets the work day go five, six, seven, eight, nine PM. Right. Yeah. It's just like, no, you, you've got to learn, you've got to learn to prioritize those things to say, I don't want to give my wife the leftovers, the nothing. Mm. Right. I want her. She's here's the deal. She signed up for the best of me. Mm. Right. And so I've got to do some things that make sure that, I, that she's got, you know, time, energy and effort that's left over that I'm saying, hey, that's that's worth my investment into her, into that relationship. And I think that's a really important thing. Right. It's just not to not to give your wife the leftovers. Mm, that's good. Right? And I think one thing I I never knew, but Bailey and probably uh, most often more than not women, more than men. She can pick up on when I'm not prioritizing Ooh, like her yep. or when I'm yep. not yep. present with her. True. Yep. And in the same way, like if I'm always wanting to refine her, or she's always wanting to refine me, uh, resentment naturally grows. Mm. The same thing is with whenever I don't prioritize time with her. Mm. Resentment just kind of low grade resentment boils up yep. over time. Um, Has and to. so. Has to. I right? I don't know how it doesn't. No, but I mean it's you know it's the guy on the team that's not giving his all, mm. right? And you're out there killing it, right? Yeah. You look at him and you're like, "Listen, dude, I'm giving my all," right? So in a marriage relationship, when you're not prioritized, when you're not valued, when you're not significant, mm-hmm. it's like, "Wait, wait a second, right? I didn't sign up to be somebody's, you know, second fiddle. I didn't sign up to be less important than your work and, you know, and your hobbies and, and yeah. your friends and your softball and your team, softball and, team <laughs> yeah. and, and, and everything else. Um, I always think about this. Um, I can't remember who said it. They, they said the difference between being a cultivator and a consumer. Mm. Right? So if you go into marriage and you're constantly looking at what do I get as opposed to what do I give, that's a great reminder to us as men is what, what am I investing into my wife? Um, and, and I think, you know, if, if you looked at a career, so, you know, you, you've got a career that you started, you've got a marriage that you started. Mm-hmm. If you look back at that at 20 years later, right, you would hope that the investment that you've made in your career has produced fruit from that career, right? That you've grown yeah. as an individual, uh, you've matured, you've developed, you've gotten better, right, at your work. What about the, what about the marriage, Right? Where has the investment gone in the marriage, and and where is your wife, um, twenty years from now? And and I think th- this is how it makes sense to me. Right? So, um, Bailey's dad, mm-hmm. right? Trisha's dad. So we're talking about our our wives' dad. Their biological dads, right? Are actual real people, right? We 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 know them, right? We you know we've sat down and had dinner with them type people, right? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, their real dad is God. 
Okay. Mm. And so, you know, in some sense, uh, Bud is my, you know, or was my father-in-law. He's passed away, but you know, Bud was my father-in-law. I married his daughter, but really I married God's daughter. And so, you know, in, in some way I think about, you know, if Bud were alive today and he sat down and he said, Hey Dan, you've been married to my daughter for 28 years. How is she doing? Right. I'd want to give him a report for how well I've taken care of his daughter. Mm-hmm. Right. What are the things that I've done? How has she grown? How has she matured as a, as a woman, right? As a wife, as a mother, what are the things that I've invested into her so that I can say, Hey, here's where your daughter is. And I think sometimes we forget that God's asking us that question, mm. right? How, how's my daughter doing? Right. Grayson, how you doing taking care of Bailey? Right. How, how's the seven months of investment been? Have you, have you nurtured her? Have you cherished her? Have you taken care of her? Have you invested in her? Right. Um, and I think that's a reminder to us that here, here's, here's the concept. If, if Bailey and Trisha's dad, right, God looks at us and he's not pleased with the investment we've made into his daughter, hmm. when we ask him for things, right? And we say, Hey God, I need this, right? What do you expect our father-in-law to say to us when we haven't taken care of the most precious gift that he's given us? Do you think he wants to give us other gifts that we're not going to take care of? <laughs> right? Probably not. Exactly. Right? Hey, God, I want this car. And it's like, you can't take care of my daughter. What are you going to do with a car? You can't mm-hmm. take care of my daughter. What are you going to do with the house? You can't take care of my daughter. What are you going to do with more money? You can't take care of my daughter. What are you going to do with a bigger house? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You start thinking about yeah. that. It's like the most precious gift that he has is his daughter. He's given that to you to, right, to steward and to manage and to maintain and to invest in. And so when you go back to your heavenly father and you ask him for other things and he says, Hey, I'm the giver of good gifts. Well, I've already given you the best gift. How are you doing with that? And I think that's a, that's a good reminder for me to kind of put that framework in, right? Is after 28 years of marriage, can I look at my wife and say, yeah, right. She's better off after 28 years of marriage to me than she was before. Mm -hmm. And if I can't answer that, right, that's on me. That's good. So anyway, um, I think uh, another concept is um, I've heard a couple guys say this this idea um, in marriage that um, and, and e- either way right my spouse doesn't make me happy mm-hmm. you know uh, my wife doesn't make me happy my husband doesn't make me happy um, my question to that particular person is always this um, do you make your spouse happy hmm. Right? Yeah, they're like, they don't make me happy. They don't make me happy. Well, do you do the same for right. them? And, that- and, here, and here's the deal. Which one can you control? Mm. Right? So so can I control Trisha making me happy? Right? Can I make Trisha do X, Y, and Z that then makes me happy? The answer is no. But can I do things that I know make Trisha happy? Can I, can I do things that are my responsibility? Right? Like, yeah. I, I know... Um, you know, one of the things, uh, we, we have a, a project that needs to be done in the house, <laughs> right? And, and there's always, there's a always a project, Amen. <laughs> right? Uh, and I know, right, that doing that would make Trisha happy. Um, and so do I prioritize, prioritize the time to go do those things that I know are going to make my wife happy, mm. right? And so those are things that, that, right, which, which one of my, which one of these am I responsible for? Am I responsible for the other person's actions or my attitude? Am I responsible for my actions or the other person's attitude, right? And I think I'm responsible for my actions and my attitude, and those are the things I can control. And so I'm going to do the things that I think, right, are going to benefit my wife the best, 
right? Mm. She lo- she loves to have projects done around the house, right? She loves to have a house that when people walk in there, right, they feel at home, they feel warm, they feel welcome, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, okay, so we need to do a few things to, to make some adjustments to that, right? Yeah. So so we're going to work on those things, right? Um, but I think it's that, that concept where, you know, when, when I look at it and I say, hey, my wife doesn't make me happy, right? Mm. I think it's like, hey, listen, you're asking the wrong question. Do you make your wife happy is the question that I ultimately want to have people ask. What that's do you think good. about that? I think that's a great question, especially because our feelings will always be a moving target. Uh, totally. I mean, yeah. sometimes I will think that, oh my gosh, like, man, this is a hard day with Bailey. When in reality, it was just a hard day at work. Yeah. It wasn't like Bailey had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, or I didn't get a result I, I wanted to on a test or uh, a meeting with my boss. And so I like the there's just a lot of different right? I know that never happens. Factors. You, you're just thinking. Yeah, yeah. You know, I never fail. Yeah. I never underperform. If, uh, if this did happen, <laughs> I'm just thinking that would cause a problem yeah, in my yeah. marriage. But Total just, hypothetical yeah, here. Yeah. No, but but, I disappointed my wife. But, but I'm just telling you, right, those things, right? And, and here's the thing. We, we, we take every aspect of our life and it, it, you know, it's baggage that we carry around with us, right? Mm. But that's the concept is are you letting your work interfere with the relationship that you're having at home? And, and, and I yeah. think both positive and negative, right? So you're having a bad day at work, so you bring that home. Mm, yep. here's the, you're having a great day at work. Mm-hmm. So here's the, here's the thing. When you bring that home and home's not great, then all of a sudden work becomes the place where I'm happy. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. Like so, so both of them can work against you. Mm-hmm. I have a bad day at work. I bring the garbage home and then I dump it, you know, on my wife who's like, what, you know, wait, what in the world? Why are you bringing mm-hmm. that home? But I have a great day at work and all of a sudden that's where I get, you know, my feeling of significance and success. And so, you know, then when I come home, Hey, you know, bow down and kiss my feet. Don't you know who I am? And yeah. if the answer is no, I just need somebody to take out the garbage. <laughs> Right then, I go back to work where I th- where I have that feeling of significance and success, and work becomes my place. Right, mm-hmm. that that is my um, my refuge from my family. Right, as mm-hmm. opposed to saying, "Hey, listen, work's work." Right, yeah. I, I know there's people there that want you to be successful, and I know that, hey, you know, Grayson, you're doing a great job, man, mm-hmm. and it might be true. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I didn't make a covenant with those people. Mm, that's good. Right, I, I made two covenants in my life. Right, one with God which he actually made with me, but anyway. Um, and then one with my wife, right? I didn't make one with my kids. I didn't make one with my boss, right? Mm-hmm. I work at a place that says, listen, if you do X, Y, and Z, we'll keep you employed, <laughs> right? But, yeah. but if I don't, they'll fire me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and here's the deal. And if I find something better, I'll leave tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? But that's not marriage. Marriage mm-hmm. is a commitment that you've made, right? A covenant that you've made with a person that says, listen, I'm not looking for better, right? I'm not investing in better. I'm investing in this right here. This is the relationship, right, that I've got until, right, what, what I said when I made the covenant was until death do us part, mm-hmm. right? So there, there's an out in marriage, and that is one of you died, yeah, right? So you, you work hard until you get to that particular point, right? Minus, minus those other things, right? The abuse, the adultery, the abandonment, right? You take mm-hmm. those, you put those on the side, you say, we can talk about those issues and how they affect the relationship because they do, mm-hmm. right? But apathy should not be something, right? That's adversely affecting your marriage. That shouldn't be the fourth A that we have to talk about because you're not willing to do the work to make your marriage successful. Mm. So last, last, last thoughts for guys, just in terms of things that you need to challenge them in terms of like, investing in that particular relationship? Yeah. Uh, from my experience, uh, the switch from being single to even dating, but then single 
for sure to marriage mm-hmm. uh, was that my identity and I guess mainly my priority had changed mm-hmm. to where, yes, uh, called to work hard as unto the Lord at work um, and to provide. But now being married, that I, that priority, I guess I should say, has slipped down to second place. Yeah. And this is all outside of pursuing God with everything. But in terms of our relationships, my relationship with my wife now is number one, yeah. and then it's work. And I think whenever, anytime I've misplaced those priorities, things have always gone poorly. Yeah. Whether that's resentment is boiled up in the relationship or frustration yeah. or just exhaustion sure. um, from the burden of trying to manage things that aren't in their correct priority. Um, and so... My challenge, truthfully, if you've just gotten married, you're about to get married, uh, is this, is that's sit down and know your priorities. Uh, Just know your priorities before you live them. Mm. Because if you don't have those priorities set, you're going to be exhausted and it's become, uh, your marriage is going to end up becoming more and more of a burden instead of the blessing that it's supposed to be. Yeah. That's, that's so true, right? You don't want the most important relationship that you have here on earth, um, to be a burden. You you want it to be a blessing. So the more you're investing in it, the more you're nurturing it, the more you're cherishing it, the more you're right, making sure that that relationship is, is mutually beneficial because you're putting the work in necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Then it becomes a blessing, right? Yeah. And that relationship is something that not, and here's the deal, not only a blessing for you, but a blessing for others around you. Because when you're, here's the deal, when your marriage is bad, um, it's like a black hole. Right, mm. it, it, just, it, it just sucks the energy from everybody else around you. When your marriage is good, right, it's like a tree, right? And it provides, you know, shade and protection and fruit for other people around you, right? You're, you're a blessing to others. And so that's such an important thing. And, and you're going you're gonna to see this, right? You know, seven months is going to become seven years. It's going to become, you know, whatever, <laughs> right? But, but that investment into that relationship is going to be such a blessing, not just for you and not just for Bailey, but, but for everybody around you when you have a good marriage and you've invested in it and you've worked hard to make it a relationship that is God honoring, right? God centered, not me centered. Um, and it, and it's not, you know, I'm not just here because she makes me happy, right? But that holiness aspect, right? As she helps God in the pursuit of making Grayson into the man that God wants him to be, mm. she's an integral part of right the instrument that God is going to use to help you become the best man you can be. And it's, it's going to be an awesome thing if you look at her as, oh, this is God's instrument to make me into a better man, mm. right? Then you're right. It's not all rainbows and, you know, popsicles, right? It's, it's <laughs> like to make you a better man is going to take some work. It's going to take some refining. It's going to take some heat. It's going to take some fire. It's going to take mm-hmm. some pounding on that anvil. And God's going to use my wife as part of that process. And I love her for that is what you say at the end of the day. Mm, absolutely. Are you in for it? Are you good? Are you I'm ready? All the way. I'm fired up. All right. I love <laughs> it. So for those guys out there looking for a relationship, right? Make sure that, um, First and foremost, I think your relationship with the Lord is the most important mm-hmm. uh, because, again, um, if you're looking for somebody to come in um, and to complete you, to make you happy, right, they're always going to disappoint. But if you've got a significant relationship with the Lord and he is um, your foundation, then you can build other relationships upon that, right? And those relationships don't have to become the foundation right? Christ is. Mm. But then you can build a relationship with your wife. You can build a relationship with friends. You can build a relationship at work. You can build a relationship with your kids. And those 
each of those relationships plays a particular role, right, in the development of who you are, but they can never be that foundation that only Christ can serve. So I'd say start there and then look for a woman, right, from a guy's perspective, look for a woman who's got that same relationship with the Lord as her foundation, and she wants to build a life with you that's not about happiness, but about developing your holiness. Good word? Great word. Awesome. Grayson, thanks for your time, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.